What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome into the Kingdom Bar. I'm sure we're still in disbelief with a lot of the fans here enjoying the game. The Broncos beating Kansas City 24-9. to This is the first time since the 2021 season that Kansas City hasn't scored a touchdown. It's only happened twice since Mahomes took over as the starter. It's definitely not what you want to hear as a Chiefs fan. We got to talk about a lot of things coming up on the post-game show. Also, the fact that Denver broke the 16-game losing streak against Kansas City. We'll get that going right now on the Kansas City Sports Network post-game show. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KCSN postgame show. Well, Kansas City Chiefs fall to the Denver oh. Broncos 24 to 9. Wow. I. <laughs> Any given Sunday, I guess, right? Oh, uh, like a drum. Good, like, good shout out there. Like, like just em embarrassed, just absolutely dominated by a terrible football team. Make no mistake about it. This is not a good football team hmm. that the Chiefs just lost to. They just got embarrassed by a team that wanted it more, that gave better effort. That was more focused. And I'm look, we can talk about the flu. That game was the flu. I'm sick watching it. I don't know how you feel, Maddie Lane, but I'm furious. I know we try to be positive at the top. That ain't happening today. Uh, I mean, like, it obviously was not a fun game to watch. Um, I feel like we're downplaying the Broncos a little bit. They they've been playing a little bit better nope. this past month. They have Refuse. not been a terrible team. I think the offensively, they were terrible versus the Chiefs a couple weeks ago, but I mean, like, go look what their defense just did to the same team. Are we really that shocked that all of the problems offensively the Chiefs have had all year that we've talked about showed up when the Chiefs had to replay somebody for two times in a three-week stretch? Mm. Are we really that surprised all of the same issues that we said, this might be a problem down the road, popped up in a game, the second time a defense had a game plan for them, had to prepare for them, and came out and did exactly that? Like, I thought the Chiefs would win. I definitely thought the Chiefs would win. I thought they figured something out against the Chargers. Clearly not. It's the same offense that has struggled with a significant inconsistency all year long showed up. The Broncos came out with a better game plan. I'm not going to say they tried harder. This didn't seem like a Chiefs team that wasn't trying hard to me. They just mm -hmm. got outplayed. And then the Broncos just simply planned better for the game and then out-executed them on the field. I think it was pretty cut and dry to me. Broncos were a better football team today, and it, it wasn't close. No, it wasn't. It wasn't particularly close. Uh, the Broncos did not make the same mistakes that the Kansas City Chiefs made, and the Chiefs repeatedly shot themselves in the foot for a, a countless number of times this year. When your offense is as bad as it has been this season, you cannot afford to be as loose, as careless with the football, as unfocused of an attempt. Like I, The Chiefs got flagged for a 12-men-in-the-huddle penalty this week. Like That's egregious like that doesn't happen that is just <laughs> a pure lack of folk hey their minds craig, craig to be to be fair on that 12 man penalty they did fumble the punt and lose the ball in the in in broncos territory so like i mean no 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 i'm talking about the one that set them back five yards mm. and Checo had a seven yard catch and mm. run what about the first and, one? Oh, yeah the first oh. one that happened so when the chiefs had the ball on offense 
Yeah. Mm. So when the ref had to announce it, he had to say 12 men on the field again. I just, again, <laughs> our ref was over it. He had to say again, like that. That's what cracks Sloppy. It's sloppy. They, they played terribly. They were sloppy. They were unfocused. They had their minds on Germany. As far as I'm considered here, they had their minds on the trip that they were about to take against a good Miami Dolphins opponent. And we talked about it during the, you know, the pregame this week. This was a trap game. They fell into the trap. The mm-hmm. the Denver Broncos played better, wanted it more, were the better team today. I, and we talked about this, like, I, we all, I think we all picked another. Now, maybe I know I picked a three point win for the Chiefs. I thought this was going to be a, an ugly game. I thought Sean Payton was going to have to throw as much as he possibly could at this team to try to, you know, this is an important, this is a important, a important win for his, you know, his culture building, his program building in Denver. And I, the Chiefs were outclassed in every facet of this game by, by the Denver Broncos. First time in my child's, my oldest child's lifetime. I've had two kids since the Broncos beat the, beat the Chiefs last. And here we are. Uh, I, I don't even know where to go with this. I mean, I don't know. What's, what, what's, what, what are you most upset about right now, Matthew? I mean, I, I don't know if there, I don't know if there's anything I'm upset about, right? I mean, like this to me, how? because because this was coming. How would you not see this coming? Watching this yeah. offense, like, 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 I have a few issues with the defense, but by and large, the position they were put in, like, they did fine. Like, right, it was a fine performance from the defense, even if I have a few things, you know, a few bones to nitpick. But I, I saw a game like this come. Did I think it was going to come to the Broncos here? No, I didn't think it was coming this week, but I knew a game like this was coming because they. There is zero trust between Patrick Mahomes, the offensive weapons, and the way the coaches are calling the game. And I don't know if the coaches don't mm. trust in the way Mahomes is playing with his lack of trust in the weapons. If Mahomes they lack of trust in what they're calling, there is just general a general lack of trust between all of these parts throughout the game. And that doesn't mean someone's going to send me a screenshot of Sky Moore being open on uh, on a play. So at some point, I'm not getting the football. Guess what? It's not about a guy being open. It's about trusting him to be in the right spot at the right time. And Patrick Mahomes clearly doesn't have that with anybody on this team not named Travis Kelsey. That includes Rasheed Rice, who we all like. But there still is a general lack of trust that he is going to always be where he needs to be and then catch the football as we see. That doesn't mean that they won't throw him the ball. That doesn't mean he shouldn't be involved. We clearly saw why Rasheed Rice has to be involved in this game. But when Mahomes drops back, there's four to five guys out on a route. He doesn't feel like four to five guys out on the route are going to be where he wants them to be. And it's resulting in him sitting in the pocket and waiting until someone breaks open. And he's throwing late a lot. He gets away with it a lot because he still has a very good arm and he's Patrick LeVon Mahomes. But it also means guys aren't getting open. The offensive line has an incredibly hard job when he's holding the ball for three, three and a half seconds every play because someone can't get open. Or the times they do get open, he's not looking at them because they're not where he expects them to be at the exact time he wants them to be there. It's just... You know, you add that on top of all the mistakes, the drops, the turnovers, the lack of red zone stuff, and then you get this game. And we knew it was coming. So I can't be mad. We knew it was coming. I, I don't think we can be mad about it. It's just uh, it's an annoying thing to watch. Mm, yeah, to to the red zone point. Chiefs went 0 for 3 in the red zone today. The Chiefs were 3 for 10 on third down and 1 for 3 on fourth down. Granted, one of those was an arm punt there by Patrick Mahomes at the end of the game, but just it, it didn't execute in the crucial moments at all and couldn't find somebody, couldn't 
couldn't land anything. Uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes drops one of the breadbasket for Sky Moore, drops it in the end zone on a fourth down play. There's a drop by Rasheed Rice that he might still be running if he catches that one. There's just a lot of mistakes that occurred today. And on top of that, this Chiefs defense still does not want to, or Chiefs offense still does not want to push the ball down the field. And you saw it basically start today with them constantly throwing the ball behind the line of scrimmage and asking Isaiah Pacheco, MVS, Rasheed Rice, Sky Moore, Kadarius Toney, whoever it was, Travis Kelsey, break tackles, make plays in space or between the tackles, which was especially bizarre for some of those guys. It just seemed like the game plan was the same as it was two weeks ago, and the Broncos were ready for it. You know, they made the adjustments in that game. They were able to come up with the stops in that game. Andy Reid and company trot out a similar game plan this week, and what happens? Uh, Not a whole lot of good for the offense there. So it was just really, really painful to watch this team seem so neutered by a defense that, frankly, has not been that good this season, one of the NFL's worst, for the second time. This year, that, this is two times that this Vance Joseph led Denver Broncos defense has put the clamps on the Kansas City Chiefs offense. And this it's scary times right now. If you're hoping that this Chiefs offense is just going to turn the corner and make a big, you know, kind of upswing to help get them on par with where their defense is. You know, some of the play calling, I was questioning whether or not they were game managing because Mahomes had the flu. Like and I don't think it was that, but like it that's that's where I was at at one point in the in the in the game. Like watching some of the decisions that they were making, trying to throw this little swing pass on like a third and five. Like I I don't know. We got a lot to unpack here, but we're gonna go over to the Kingdom Bar and Grill. Haley Lewis and BJ Kissel are there to give their thoughts on an extremely frustrating day out in Denver. Yeah, guys, things are frustrating here at the Kingdom Bar as well. You mentioned it. It's kind of hard to dissect what happened in this one. What exactly went wrong? There's so many things that you really could pin it on. So, BJ, just initial thoughts after watching it. Yeah, I don't think... I've said it before. Like We all made jokes about how like dominant the Chiefs had been right. winning 16 straight, but those games weren't... A lot of those weren't blowouts. You go back and look at Patrick Mahomes' stats over the course of the 16 wins um, that he was a part of. Like he wasn't dominating in that way. We saw in the first matchup, they weren't absolutely dominating. A lot of these games have been close, and he hasn't had his best performances against Denver. We saw it, and you just look at the key stats. We talk about them almost every week. You look at third down conversions. Chiefs go 3 of 10. The Broncos are 6 of 14. You look inside the red zone. The Chiefs go 0 of 3 inside the red zone. If you have one bone to pick about this game, it's going to be the execution inside the red zone. It would have made the difference in this one, and then the Broncos go 3 of 5 inside of the red zone, and then the turnovers. You're not going to win a game when you turn the ball over five times. Yeah. Okay, so Chief, doesn't matter how much better you are than the team you're playing. If you give them five more opportunities, especially on short fields, Broncos scored three touchdowns. The worst field position they had on those three touchdowns was getting the ball to 50. Like, they didn't have a long ways to go. And so there's a lot of room to be frustrated if you're a Chiefs fan. You've seen losses like this. Doesn't mean they can't get past it. But I agree with all the sentiment the lab guys were just saying as far as the trust between Patrick Mahomes and the young receiving core, and even some of the veterans, to not see MVS come back to a dig route on the outside is not something you'd expect to see from one of the most veteran wide receivers in that room. That is not something he should be saying. You say it to Sky Moore, we saw the same thing with him, where it felt like they're not coming back to the ball when he's throwing from a four hash outside the numbers on a far pass. It, it's 
I agree with all the sentiment they just said. And there are the numbers right there. Again, three of 10 yeah, on third down, 0 for 3 inside the red zone, and then five turnovers for the Chiefs. It's not going to get it done. There's a lot to pick apart with this. We talk about McCall Hardman fumbling the ball, all of those things, the refs, everything together didn't make sense or it wasn't going to add up to a victory. But those key stats are always the ones you can go to. They'll tell you the story of what happened. So let me ask you this. After looking at the stats that came up and, and kind of the conversation that we've had so far into this one, is this the true identity of the Chiefs? Were they just actually exposed? Were they able to kind of outman everyone up until this point? And is this really, at their core, who they are? I don't think so. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to go that far. I still think the defense played fairly well. I mean, it was not a perfect performance. There was a lot of tackling issues um, that seemed like in key situations. But I think the Chiefs team offensively is better than what we saw. We're never going to know how much of it was how Patrick Mahomes felt. It's going to be an easy scapegoat to talk about because we knew coming into this one he didn't feel very well. Uh, but some of the issues that Maddie and, and Kent and Craig have been talking about throughout this season, oh, they kind of show themselves in this game and that the wide receiver in the passing game has to get better if they're going to be good teams. And we're going to see it quickly when they call up again. The next two weeks, we're going to find out more about this football team when they go to Miami because Miami is going to put up points and the Chiefs have to figure out something offensively uh, that they can feel comfortable with consistently throughout the game where there's trust between Mahomes and his receivers. You don't see trying to coach coach each other in the middle of the play. Right. So I guess that begs the question, what is the solution? And you kind of alluded to it. Obviously, the receiver issue has been a problem. There are also, uh, you know, yeah. the turnovers. A bunch of little different things that added up today, and they all got exposed on the field. But at the end of the day, what what is the solution? What needs to happen in order for this team to not embarrass themselves in Germany? Haley, it's a great question because I don't think, even if you could trade for a receiver at this point in the season, I know it's an easy thing. Andy Reid's offense is not that simple to learn. So unless you're trading for Juju or somebody who's been here, and then that's just a bad look to give up a dra- give up more draft capital for a player that you could have just paid um, to be on the team. So I don't I don't think that trading for a wide receiver makes sense, even though we could say that the wide receiver room is the problem. So whether it's wide receiver group as a whole getting on the same page and developing that comfortability, but again, you've said before, like it's not something that's just going to happen overnight. This is going to be a slow developing thing, and the fact that we're sitting here in week eight. And it's still an issue knowing that this was something that we talked about during the offseason. Yeah. I've made jokes about it, but it's starting to get to the point where it's annoying, where there were a chunk of Chiefs fans that said, we don't need DeAndre Hopkins because we have Justin Ross. Can we just end those kinds of conversations during the offseason right now uh, as far as getting veteran players to come in here and perform? And we all get excited about these young skill guys every offseason. And there's so much more to playing receiver as a professional to be successful at this level and we have a room full of guys and I'm going off about this we talked about it during the offseason you're asking every dude in that room to be better and move forward and better than they've ever been in their career it's a lot to ask from seven different dudes in a room and now we're seeing what happens when you bet on a young group developing and they don't hit the marks that you think how much do you think it being a divisional opponent plays in because I know we talk about that all the time it's only there's a podcast dedicated to it, only weird games, but that always seems to be a conversation of topic. Now, last week against the Chargers, it seemed to be the one time it was an exception to, yeah. to the rule, but they always play each other just so down to the wire or not down to the wire, but just odd. Yeah. And I don't think the Broncos aren't intimidated uh, by the Chiefs, despite all the success they've had. The games have been close. Again, two weeks ago, that game was pretty close going down into the fourth. Sure. The Chiefs got some uh, timely turnovers from the deep. But the offense didn't look great in that Thursday night game against Denver either. So, um, yeah, I, I'm i trying to take a pause. Like, I'm trying to like, not spin it, but try to, like, how can I make myself feel better? And the only thing 
guys that I can come up with is the Broncos just cost themselves at probably a couple picks in the draft coming up. So the ability to get one of those toppers, top quarterbacks might not be possible, but this is justifying it for a team that's trying to go win a Super Bowl. We're talking about losing to what is a bad football team. We just made their season in a very, very big way. They break the 16 losing streak against the Chiefs, and they also get the Chiefs without without a touchdown. So on that note, we're going to take a break, and we will be back with more content here after the Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. With the busy fall season already in swing, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for those jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. Relish the best of autumn with fall flavors, our limited-time, only, hearty, comforting meals featuring seasonal veggies like cranberry pecan chicken and apple Dijon pork chops, ready in just two minutes. They'll satisfy your fall cravings during the busy season without the hassle. Looking for calorie-conscious options during the busy season? Try delicious, dietitian-approved, calorie-smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving. Head to factormeals.com slash KCSN50 and use code KCSN50 to get 50% off. That's code KCSN50 at factormeals.com slash KCSN50 to get 50% off. Hey everyone, this is BJ Kissel and I want to tell you about our friends at Batchelder Family Farms and KC Buffalo Company. Located in Belton, Missouri on the south end of Kansas City, This family-owned business has been taking care of Chiefs Kingdom's meat needs for nearly 100 years, even before Chiefs Kingdom. But it's where you want to get your meat going forward. Whether you're looking for the most flavorful steaks, beef, roasts, or even bison meat, they've got you covered. They've got all the cuts on their grass-fed, hormone-free bison and beef products. Check out Batchelder Family Farms. Support local. Support good meat. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Broncos win the Super Bowl 24 to 9. <laughs> Quinn, Quinn Miners is crying with joy right now. That's always a shame. Sean drop Pitt. the confetti. Yeah, drop that confetti. They played Taylor Swift in the stands, uh, which is kind of funny. You ask me. I'm here for anything the Broncos did for this. They've lost 16 yeah. times in a row to one team. They, they should treat it like they won this. I'm zero uh, upset. Yeah. I'm going to walk into work tomorrow and take my medicine. Listen, it, it, it is what it is. This team beat the Chiefs in every facet. They they just straight up did. Uh, it really, really sucks to be out here when that happens. But, uh, yeah, they can do whatever victory laps they want to do because uh, they are the victors. I'm going to go back to – I'm going to start with the defense here um, for this segment, and we can get back to some stuff with the offense because, yeah, I got anger there. Um, let's try to let's try to flip some stuff positively. Uh, I think I don't think the defense played bad. I don't think the defense played bad. Two short field – I think it was three short field touchdowns, wasn't it? The yes. only touchdowns that they gave up were 50 yards and, and less. They got – um, it was yeah. all off of turnovers. Is that right? Yes, that's absolutely <laughs> right. As a matter of fact – the average starting field position for the Denver Broncos on all their scoring drives, that includes the field goal at the end of the game, was the Chiefs' 29-yard <laughs> line. That was their average starting field position there, and it really sucked to watch this defense get constantly put in bad positions over and over again. They allowed just 3.7 yards per play on the day, and I know that it felt like a hell of a lot more than that, but it just wasn't. Just just to keep that in mind, that 3.7 yards per play, the, the Baltimore Ravens have the number one yards per play offense in the NFL with 4.1 right now. So that's even better than the best in the league. It just didn't matter because yep. they were constantly put in bad positions, short fields. They, they did not play particularly well. Don't get me wrong. I missed a lot of tackles, blue penalties, assignments, penalties, but there were some... High execution level plays by Jerry Judy. Um, another really good one. The first touchdown, I thought that was a very creative play design by Sean Payton to get everybody going away from the guy that he wanted to throw it to there. The the defense was not great by any means. They weren't to the level that they have been this season, but they certainly weren't bad. They were just constantly put in bad positions here. Yeah, I mean, I generally... Now, I, hold on, real quick. You said... Jerry Judy, what position does he play? Because I've been told that wide receivers so, aren't allowed um, to do stuff. He he plays wide receiver, Maddie. I'm not no, sure. He's got to be a tight end. I think he, he made a catch. He yes. has to be a tight end because oh, he caught the ball. Oh, <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. I thought the defense played played good, played fine to good, right? Like I think to Craig's point, he summed it up really well. There is the the yards per play number had to showcase how effective the Chiefs' defense was. I do think there's a little bit of noise to that because the Broncos were getting the ball on short fields, so they were, and they were, you know, they didn't have as much room to work with. They were trying to slow it down. They were trying to, I mean, they had two drives that essentially took up the entire third quarter, right? Like, the entire third quarter disappeared to two very long drives of the Broncos, so I don't think they were in a hurry to move the ball down the field. Now, it's not that they weren't good at it anyway, but I don't think they were in a hurry to really get down the field. They were okay kind of shortening this game up a little bit. And the Chiefs defense seemed like they struggled, especially there in the second half. 
when the Broncos were trying to do that. They couldn't get off the field uh, there to start the third quarter. They just seemed like they were giving up a couple first downs, had a hard time getting the Broncos into third down there. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, defense was good. No real complaints about the defense. Um, it's just the way where the offense put them, the defense had to be great to win this game. And like, I don't want to shortchange the defense as if we don't want to talk about them, but so much of my energy and focus on the game was trying to figure out why the offense was so bad. I don't have a lot on the defense other than the fact, like I thought they were good, not great this week. Six sacks still. <laughs> yeah. George Carloff is playing a hell of a game. He did. Yeah. Russ helps that out too. Russ, yeah. Russ helps that out a little bit. Russell, yeah. Remember how I said Russell Wilson wasn't going to get held to under 100 yards passing again? I was like, I was like, I mean, he came close. He had 114 <laughs> yards in the air. 12 and 19, 114 yards. I think he had more yards in the air on Cortland Sutton pass interference calls than he did actual yards in the air. Listen, the Broncos total, like, net passing yards is under 100 because of the, uh, because of the sacks. Because of the sacks. The net, 87. That's under 87 yards net passing today. Uh, and every, yeah, 3.8 yards per carry on the ground for the Denver Broncos. So not a ton and, to, yeah. you know, and that's, that's including scrambles. It's just 3.2 on the ground. If it's designed runs that they had there. Yeah. Yeesh. Yeah. Just, I mean, there's a, I, I don't think the defense played all that bad. At least, you know, at least their second Mike linebacker got hurt. Uh, so there's that, uh, I, that's exactly what you want to happen right before you play the the Miami Dolphins too. But yeah, no, I, I I don't really I don't really give a ton of of um I I don't think the 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 defense deserves really I don't not much of any but I don't think they deserve any blind <laughs> being honest. Tucker Franklin wants to jump in here with something. What you got? Yeah, I would like to jump in here. I can't. Uh, this is from our pal Charles Goldman. He tweets out that uh, Chiefs head coach Andy Reid says that the only injury of note is Willie Gay Jr., who has a tailbone injury. He also says he saw a few things, namely turnovers from the office today that he hadn't seen before, and he took full responsibility for their issues. Well, what? Okay, Andy. Well, like, I mean, I understand he's being head coach Andy. He's taking the, taking the blame and all of that. It, Andy Reid doesn't throw an interception into bracketed coverage for Travis Kelsey. Andy Reid doesn't put the ball on the ground multiple times on fumbles. Like that's come on now. That 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 one hurts me. Yeah. What's it's, happened that he what's happened this game that hasn't happened this year that he hasn't seen before? Like what is the what is the one thing that happened this game that he hasn't seen before this team? It certainly is the, the Broncos fumbles. winning. It, it, it isn't that's the, true. <laughs> it isn't the interceptions into tight windows. It isn't guys not getting like I don't know. I just it this seemed like a very the same offensive performance the Chiefs have put out every single game this year, just instead of being for one quarter at a time, it was for an entire game, right? Like the Chiefs have played just like this for uh, stretches of every single game. They just did it for a full game this time. Tucker wants to jump in again. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry to report that Keandre Coburn has tweeted, and he tweeted, Broncos, Lur, Texas Longhorns dub, checkmark, Broncos country dub, and that just made me sad. Oh, that's right, because they they moved on from him. In- Good for him. To play Matt Dickerson. To don't get us started on that. We don't need to go back to Well, I derailed that. the conversation from the defense, truthfully. So really? I feel like I could only bring it back with that. So to be fair, they did trade for Neil Farrell and he played today. Oh. Oh, okay. Got it. Um, I just I think it's kind of funny. Andy Reid taking full responsibility. I'd like to, to take full responsibility for some of his fourth down decision making early in the game. I mean, why not try to go for a fourth and two? Maybe, you know, we can talk about the fourth and five, probably not, but yeah. Some of the game, like the in-game decisions weren't good either. Like everyone does share a piece of this. 
Dave Tobe shares a piece of this. Yeah. The, the play calling takes on, on the offensive side takes a piece of this. Special teams takes a piece of this. The flu takes a piece of this. Oh. Like, it's just no. like, it doesn't. I know. I just like, there's just so many, like everything that could go bad did go bad. And like, you felt the vibes in the first half. And it was like, how is this team only down five points in the, you know, in the first half after, you know, being minus two in turnovers and in all that stuff. Right. It's just like everything that, everything, like they, they played horrendous. Just a, it was awful. It was, it, it was embarrassing football. Like guys just forgetting how to do stuff, protecting the football. Not securing the ball on a punt return. Just, ugh, just awful. Just awful. Do you want to know how they were only down five points? Yeah. Turnover on downs, forced to punt, forced to fumble. That converted to a field goal there right at the end of the half. Blocked a field goal, turned it over on downs, forced to punt. A five straight drives by the defense there when they were set up in some bad positions that kept this team in the game and the offense just couldn't get it going. Patrick Mahomes again, it, Mitchell Schwartz is even talking about it here. You know, people asking him questions on Twitter about why, why is the offensive line giving up so much pressure so late in the, you know, late in the snap? Yeah. Well, there's nobody open. Like, I, I mean, like they're being asked to block for three and a half seconds. There's nobody open in the secondary there. So I, I don't know. I think we're going to see more of this, uh, you know, trade deadlines in a couple days here. Like, I, I'm not sure that the Chiefs are going to make a move. I think we all kind of had hoped that the Los Angeles Chargers was kind of the real offense there, but that might have been fool's gold after all. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. No, go, Maddie. Go Sorry. Okay. Um, no, I was going to say, like, yeah, I, I was just going back. Like, the, the offensive line later in the game in the second half started, started to crack a little bit, right? But when you go back and watch, I think we're going to see that a lot of the pressures came later in downs. Yeah. And you can place some of that on moments for holding the ball, but it, it's just the broadcast, right? Like, we can't see everything, but like it just doesn't seem like guys are getting open. And that was much to kind of what Craig's point about what Mitchell Schwartz was saying. It's that they're getting deep into plays and guys aren't open and everything just becomes you have to create it. And it gets really hard, I think, to call a game like that. And I think that's the issue the Chiefs and Andy Reid are running into. We're getting frustrated because they're calling every other play seems to be going behind the line of scrimmage. Every other play seems to be some kind of designer thing. But when they're just calling traditional drop back stuff, it's either Travis Kelsey, go get open or all hitches. And that's like all they seem to have consistency with. Everything else is just it's so hit or miss on it if anyone's going to be open or not. And then when they are open, we have MVS fumbling as he comes down with the ball. You can't replicate that. That's not going to happen every time, but it happened. Rasheed Rice dropping the ball with a lot of space. Again, not going to happen every time, but it happened. Sky Moore dropping a ball that puts them back in the game. Not going to happen every time. but And this happens every game where little stuff like this seems to happen every game. And that just becomes really hard to call an offense for Andy Reid to play quarterback like Patrick Mahomes to play as an offensive lineman who's having to block for these now prolonged plays because it's going that way. It's just, it's a lot and it doesn't mean doom and gloom. It doesn't mean the Chiefs are ruined. It's just, we have seen this boiling up for the first, you know, seven weeks of the season and it finally kind of popped in this game. Now the Chiefs have to go figure out how to fix it. I really wish I had the confidence they were going to go out and address the issue of getting a talented wide receiver that was available, but I just don't foresee them bringing in another wide receiver after McCole Hardman at this point in time. Well, yeah. And we, I mean, we've seen, we've seen the lack of receiver come back to lack of, lack of skills at the, at the receiver position, come back to bite them twice now. And they've just so happened to lose both games. 
I mean, well, actually, we've seen it more than just two games. They've just they've lost two of them. Is the truth of it? We've seen this isn't a new thing, you know. And you kind of hoped. And, and a lot of people say, "Hey, like the NFL is a week to week kind of league," and they're absolutely right because last week you felt better about this team solving their problems at the receiver position, and this week was a blatant step back because there's just there's nobody like. Even even veterans that have been here are making mistakes. Marquez with the fumble, you know, Skymore Skymore. I, I don't know if to I don't know if today's the Skymore conversation or if the lab's the Skymore conversation. It might be this it might be let's possible. make it tomorrow. Yeah. We sure I think are we got we I think we've got plenty. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna no, say I I was no. going to open it up today because I, I think there's a lot of other stuff that doesn't involve Skymore. Right, let's, let's, do let's, let's do it now. Let's do it now. Let's do it. Go, Matthew. Um, I think Sky Moore's role has been slowly but surely um, becoming less and less every single week. And I don't think that has coincided with the Chiefs offense generally looking a little bit better and better each and every week. Not that he is the only problem. I'm not saying that. But I think they have taken a little bit off of his plate over the past couple weeks each time. And I think you start to see a slight steady increase in the play. Whether that was because Rice got more opportunities, whether that was because Justin Watson got more opportunities, I don't know what the direct, you know, like correlating move is, but it seemed like as Sky Moore was getting to have a little bit less on his plate, the Chiefs' overall offense seemed to be playing better. You get to this game where just nothing seems to be working. You need someone to make a play. And I mean, Sky Moore, kind of like he's been all season, was never really creating a ton of separation, was never getting open a ton. I know. He got a couple plays where he's going to be open in screenshots. I get it, but you have to watch the whole play and figure out why a guy was open and when. But then he does get his number called. Like, he gets that moment that you need that you're waiting for on this guy, and the ball hits something. He can't track it. It hits him right in the hands. He drops it. Again, drops happen, but you're a guy that is slowly but surely seeing less and less on the field. You're getting less and less to do because it's not working. You finally get your number called because they're reducing your role. It's been an overall net positive for the team. They're reducing your role. You get your number called and you can't come up with it in that spot, like at some point in time, like that role is just going to keep getting smaller and smaller until you, until, until you make them put you back on the field. And he is doing nothing to make them put him on the field. Yeah, and that's kind of the scary thing because this Chiefs team right now has not done a particularly good job of you know developing wide receivers not named Tyree Kill. I mean, Rasheed Rice might be the second best wide receiver that they have homegrown that they've taken out of the draft and done anything with in the Andy Reid era. And that is terrifying to think of. I mean, Rasheed Rice is a fun, good football player. I'm excited for him, but it's not like we're looking at a player in the second round of the draft that we're like, okay, Chiefs have their wide receiver one. They just need other guys around him. No, there are very defined limitations with these guys. And yet, they are laying it at the feet, much like they are with like their defensive line under Joe Cullen and saying, hey, make these guys better. And he is. Now they're laying this at the feet of either Joe Blameyer, Connor Embry. I don't know what their path forward is with all of this, but it doesn't seem like these guys are taking the strides that they need to. And if you're going to bank on young players, again, like they did at defensive line, you've got to have somebody that can maximize them in the way that they need to be maximized. And right now, it just doesn't feel that way at wide receiver. I know we can look back to last year and say, hey, that Kadarius Tony, the couple of moments that he had, you know, towards the mm -hmm. end of the year, those were really positive there. Juju Smith Schuster, really positive. Those guys were guys that were already pretty established in what they were before they showed up 
when we are hoping that these guys take a turn and really advance and develop within the offense. We talk, we talk all the time, BJ does too, about how hard it is to pick up Andy Reid's offense. It is. I'm not saying that it's not. But then when we also don't see growth within some of the wide receiver things, it just kind of makes you go, hey, it's time to set these guys down. Like It's time to figure out another method because maybe it's not happening with the young group of players, even though it's nice to have them. It's great to have rookie contracts and all of that. But if the offense does not work, unless you're playing against teams that are just willing themselves to play the exact same way and allow Travis Kelsey and Rasheed Rice to be open as often as possible, then you get games like this more often than not. And I, again, I know I said it earlier, but it feels like more of these are coming. Should you look better for the, uh, the Patriots today, and they did lose. Now they're two and six. By the way, I don't know. I don't know. Just thinking out loud. Rushy Rice's over on receipt on receptions hit today. Uh, if you took that on DraftKings, like we told you guys it to. Did. Tucker D. Franklin's here to tell you a little bit more about DraftKings. Oh, I am here. And who are the pretenders? And who are the contenders? As we're more than halfway through the NFL season, but DraftKings Sportsbook is still pumping out unbeatable offers every single game day. New customers can bet just 5 bucks on anything to get $200 instantly in bonus bets. DraftKings isn't stopping there as all customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day. Looking ahead to next week's game, Chiefs still two-point favorites in Germany versus the Miami Dolphins. You can get in on the football action with DraftKings, Sportsbook and official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the app now and use code KCSN. New customers can bet just $5 on anything to get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino in Resort in Kansas. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Back to you, Ken. Thank you, Tucker. You did an outstanding job today. Great job. That was a Chiefs defense-level performance by you there, Tucker. I, I, I'm honored. Uh, but while I have the mic here, yeah. if I will. Please. Um, a couple, a few quotes that I've seen here. Uh, McCool Hartman talked about his punt return, said he got greedy on it. And uh, on the return, you never like to see that. Patrick Mahomes is from Nate Taylor. Uh, he tweets out, they were a better football team. You have to give them props. Patrick Mahomes said that following the game. Yeah. The Broncos. The, the Broncos. five Broncos. The Broncos social media team also won today by <sighs> it was, it was posting. They're killing it. It was a good By day. posting a Brock Lesnar ending yeah. the Undertaker streak. Yeah, or video, just that's Chef's Kiss. Well, well, the, I wonder how long they've had that on there. I don't know. Uh, probably about, uh, I don't know, uh, 13 games. <laughs> <laughs> Was the Undertaker? Oh, when did the Undertaker's streak end? And it's pretty darn close. Ooh. Like, it happened, and it's pretty darn close to what just happened. No, no, no. I mean, like, like the Undertaker's streak probably ended. It was. With it was him. over 16, I think, if that's what you're asking. Yeah, it was like 24, right? Yeah. No, I'm talking about what year did The Undertaker's Yeah, yeah, he's saying that, that video locked and loaded since like the, the Undertaker's streak ended. The second Taker's streak ended. Maddie and I were locked in on how long. Yeah, I know. Yeah, 
It's because you guys are on Barely Boiledable together. Well, 2014 says the Google machine for you, uh, Kent. So, oh wow, it's been oh, almost a, been a long time. <laughs> Yikes! Yeah, I, was, I, I would not have guessed that long ago. Pit, they were close. Back to football, real quick here. Have no. you guys seen the picture of Patrick Mahomes' hand there at the end of the game? Yeah, they're no. taping it up. It looks pretty brutal. He, it, it was really cut up. Um, so that might be the thing to be the most worried about after you know all of all of this hopefully willie gay's back hopefully drew tranquil's okay but that hand might be bugging him through next week's game yeah i'm looking at pictures right now that is uh can i ask you guys can i ask you guys a question yeah sir what if we say no well i'm just gonna ask it anyway matthew (laughs) Um, okay I've I've been pondering about this. Uh, do you think that this is Patrick Mahomes' worst regular season loss? No, Tennessee Downs. Yeah, it is that, the second lowest QBR of his career. What was? Yeah, the, that Titans game was. Awful. Was it the Titans game? Awful. The Titans game. Was it the Titans game? <laughs> okay. Yeah, because I think Mahomes. I mean, specifically Mahomes. Like from his aspect, I think he was much worse in the Titans game than he was this game. Not that he was good in this game. It's just it, this one seemed a lot less like he was just playing absolutely terribly versus the entire offensive just top down the entire structure of it and everything about it was was playing terrible it's like i i think the titans game for him specifically would have been worse this is this is definitely one of the team's worst losses though and the the andy retain like this is a bad one i think the colts loss last year was worse i think but even then they well i don't know they had a they probably still should have won that Colts game. The Colts because, defense is really good, though. It was really good. Yeah, but they, yeah. they they called that penalty on they called that penalty on Chris. Yeah, I mean, I mean she scored nine points versus the worst defense in the NFL. Yeah, that's not that's not great. Now, a, now he put one in the bread basket for Sky. So realistically, you would hope that was sixteen. But uh, yeah, well, the and the and the defense got a stop immediately after too. Yo. I mean, like the people like that that drop touchdown was what seven minutes left in the game, seven and a yeah. half. Yeah, it was. I mean, it, well, was exactly. it was one hundred in a game. Yeah, yeah, it was a game. If that's completed, it it's, it was a game. <laughs> it was absolutely a game, and and like just, that was the one drive the offense looked like okay, and I mean it wasn't great, but they went to they were getting deep in the downs without getting a lot done. It was Mahomes making some crazy passes to Noah Gray and. Stuff like that, but like it was working. Like the offense was actually functioning that drive, and then he dropped it in right into Sky's hands. And like I said, he never quite caught it. Lights, whatever, a sun, whatever it may have been, where he couldn't track the ball. He clearly never saw it. It's unfortunate, and it happens. This kind of ties back into the Sky Moore thing. If that happens, and then you just kind and then but like you're playing good outside of that, you don't care. It stinks. Yeah, but you won from it. Problem is one. This is now two years in a row where he's had trouble uh, finding a football up in the sky. And two, sky also, up in the sky. He's also not really doing anything else for the team that's helped. No, I mean, just I would call it what it is. I'm not saying that he can't get open, I'm not saying he can't play. Just he currently is doing nothing that is helping the team. His best plays have been blocking on Patrick Mahomes' scrambles. And it's good, good thing you do it. But and okay, and like, here's here's my thing. Okay, like, we can you can like, at what point does this whole he's getting open argument even matter? Because he's he's not. There's clearly something keeping him from getting opportunities. It's not blaming the best player in the world for it. Like, at some point, just not having production's a thing too. Outside of he's yeah. open. I mean, like, and I think the he's open argument stinks anyway. I don't think it's a good argument. I don't think there's 
I mean, it, there's so many, so much context that get lo- gets lost in some of these screenshots that people try to post to defend Sky. It doesn't matter at this point because he's not a productive receiver, receiver whether you think he's open or not. And his yards per route run is one of the worst in the National Football League's. Um, so I just, I don't know. Hey, uh, I, Maddie, I do want to congratulate you, um, on having more receiving yards than Kadarius Tony today. Uh, Craig Boy, as you well. Want to open that up too? Wow. No, it's, it's worth it because no, because here's no, and I, this might be a little bit ranty and that's okay because we had a lot of people on social media caping for this regime's decision to not invest in the wide receiver room by explaining things away with Kadarius Tony. Just, just to Sky let you know, four. real quick, Kadarius Tony had one catch for four yards. Negative four, didn't it? No, Isn't it? no, he had a negative three yard run. I should, I should clean my, I, I should, I should clean my screen. My bad. I'm just saying, uh, I'm just Maddie. Saying. I want to congratulate you for. No, Kadarius I want to congratulate you. Out received me. I want to congratulate you for having more rushing yards than Kadarius Tony. Anyway, and Jarek McKinnon. And Jarek McKinnon. Sorry, my my apologies. On a roll. Yeah. Oh, anyways, uh, but yeah, no, I real quick, like those were the two names that a lot of people were floating as reasons for optimism for this wide receiver room. Like those were the two names. Well, the, there's so much that Kadarius Tony is going to be able to do, and they think Sky Moore. Sky Moore is, you know, he's going to take this step. And like, look, I love Sky Moore coming out. I wanted, I wanted Sky Moore. I was excited when the Chiefs drafted Sky Moore on this team. Me too. And I was excited when they grabbed Kadarius Tony because of what he did in the small sample size we saw last year. Like if he can get healthy and get in this awesome in this offense and all that stuff. No, I'm past it. I, this is why a lot of people were clamoring for some kind of consistent, steady, known commodity in the receiving room that Mahomes could trust. That Mahomes. This is this is why a lot of people were clamoring for a DeAndre Hopkins type player. Because they needed some kind of consistency within this room when teams try to double Travis Kelsey. And here we are. We are negative four on my smudgy screen for Kadarius Tony. One catch for eight yards for Sky Moore and a drop touchdown. Like it's unacceptable. They were wrong. They were wrong with this group. This group, this is not good enough. Everyone that the, the, the argument is not. It, this is not a good enough wide receiver room. And they're going to get exposed in the playoffs when it matters. Tucker Franklin, you you have been raising your hand for a minute and a half. What do you want? Yeah, well, I just have a quote that Patrick Mahomes said on this very topic that I would love to give context to. He I said like on this quote. Okay, I know you don't. On Rasheed Rice and Sky Moore having drops today, they're going to know that I'm going to keep firing it to them. That's who I am. I trust those guys. Well, he hasn't been firing it to Sky, to be fair. So, like, Whatever. I'm just reporting. Don't shoot the messenger here. And he definitely doesn't trust either one. I don't think he fully trusts Rasheed Rice. I just think that Rasheed Rice gets in put into positions where he can make an impact and Mahomes sees him open and says, I need to throw this ball. The coaching staff wants to get him involved because he makes big plays, but you can go and watch. Like There are definitely times where Rasheed Rice is kind of coming open in a tight-ish window that Mahomes doesn't throw to him either. And I'm not saying it's because he doesn't trust him. I'm not saying it's a bad Mahomes play. It's just there is a lack of trust there because Rasheed Rice also has run out of open spots and zones. Rasheed Rice has also gone to improper depths of his routes. He still makes plenty of rookie mistakes too. It's just he makes up for them. Kind of like we were saying Sky Moore doesn't. I mean, I was looking at the next-gen stats. Sky Moore's average separation was under two yards. It was 1.9 yards. Like, that's a full yard below just the average. It's like, 
And there's so much that you start building up the case that there is just no chance that this offensive coaching staff, that Patrick Mahomes are sitting there and thinking, we need to keep going back to him. And I don't want to keep harping on one guy. I'll throw Kadarius Tony in there too. I was, of all of us, the one most skeptical about trading a third round pick for him. Guess what? I still don't think the trade is worth it. Yeah, he helped I win a Super Bowl. Super Bowl. I'm not certain they don't drive down the field and score without the punt return. I'm yes. not certain they don't win a Super Bowl without Kadarius Tony. They traded a third round pick for a guy to have negative rushing yards in a game. Like, come on. Like, I don't know. I don't know. There's there's some decisions being made with this wide receiver that aren't working out. And those two guys are definitely at the top of the list. That's a third and a second round pick. And you were getting negative play. Negative play from them. And it means that you're I mean, they they were feeling themselves coming off the. I mean, I I think they're feeling themselves a little bit coming off the Super Bowl, and they're wrong. I I just Kadarius Tony's not good enough, and Sky Moore is not good enough, and Marquez Valdez Scantling was never going to be more than what he is. But let's sell us on that the entire off season. Like, that's it, we. Can, saw. can I jump in here? A lot and say of that, hey, yes, hey. Justin Watson with that brace looked pretty damn good today. Like, let's, like, let's be. He looked like JJ Watt with the. He, he did. He <laughs> looked pretty damn good. Made a couple it was of big. Justin Gronks. Gronks. It was. It yeah. was. You know, I, yeah, it, it's clear that he's the major focus that this team needs in those kinds of scenarios. And that just tie, that that's part and parcel with the entire wide receiver room there. Justin Watson should not be this involved this counted on, this trusted, and he is, and I'm glad that he is because he has had some big moments for this team this year, but they should not need a, a dislocated, you know, elbow Justin Watson coming back with a week off wearing a giant brace having to make major plays to make this offense go. And they did. They did today. And that's that's even before we're we're just talking about the passing offense, guys. They ran the ball twice in the second half. Granted, they barely had the ball in the second half. possessions, <laughs> but the Denver Broncos give up five and a half yards per carry on the year. They ran it eight times with Isaiah Pacheco for five yards. Hey, maybe keep doing that a little bit more. Maybe five yards keep per carry on that a little bit more rather than just throwing the ball behind the line of scrimmage to Isaiah Pacheco, who by the way, had three catches for negative three yards on the day. Like, that was the plan. Get the ball to him behind the line of scrimmage versus yeah. line up, run it between the tackle against one of the worst run defenses in the league. I did that one. Here's my pushback, though. It was third and one. They had a five-man box with a safety inserting late, and they ran the ball, and guess what? They got 1.1 yards. They got 1.1 <laughs> yards. We have, That's we have the issue. Jarek McKinnon. <laughs> yeah, it was a favorable look. It was, it was as favorable a look as you can get with a mauling offensive line, guys that we think are generally good at run block besides Juwan Taylor. Besides Juwan Taylor, we generally think of the other four's good run blockers. Yep. They had a very favorable box. They ran into it. The late inserting safety didn't even get involved in the play, and they got 1.1 yards against the league's worst run defense. Like, yeah, they could have run the ball more. Pacheco had some good runs there when they went to him, but there was also a lot of not good runs to start the game too, right? Like it's just it's so volatile, it's so inconsistent for anybody. It's just it's weird. I don't know what to do with the run game. One week it looks okay, the next week it looks downright terrible. Downright but if you're not terrible. going to. But if you're not going to run the ball, Jonathan Cooper, Zach Allen, whoever it is, guess what? I'm just going to pin my ear back because who cares? cares? 
they're going to throw it. And I'm just going to try and, you know, turn the corner 12 yards uh, and hope that Patrick Mahomes is going to hold on to the ball. And that's what happened at the end of the game. Yeah. They don't have to keep a defense honest when you do that. I'm not saying show up and run the ball 40 times. That's not at all what I'm saying. But have a little more balance. Make that defense have to guess a little bit instead of just immediately triggering dropping back to pass. We are not used to having to do a toast game on a loss. We don't need to do a toast game. We don't? No. Well, I just poured this drink. No, we can do a toast game. Toast game. Yeah, we're doing a toast game. Yeah, yeah, you guys can do a toast game. Okay, that's right. Can I do a toast game to Donovan Smith on getting his first career sack? (laughs) That was Juwan Taylor. I think, no, it was Donovan Smith. Was it Donovan Smith? He ran him up the arc, and then then he was on the left. Yes. Mm -hmm. You're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Donovan Smith has a catch and a sack. This year, so the Donovan Smith. That's what, that's what we're going with. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go with the entire city of Denver. Um, you guys gonna celebrate now? Like you guys, you guys did good. You guys did great. Um, you your team won. Your team got out of the streak. It's it's good for you, right? It, it's good for you. Um, appreciate it. Also, also shout out to uh, George Karloftis. He played a great game. Played a great game for the Chiefs. We have I don't think we mentioned his name yet. Oh no, Craig did earlier. Yeah, but George Karloff this did play really, really first good. five minutes of the game. I mean, Matt, Maddie hates what I'm going to have to go through tomorrow, but that's fine. Yes, celebrate the city of deserves. That's fine. Craig, you're uh, from home tomorrow. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, uh, no, I'm going to take my medicine. I'll go in there. I hope everybody's wearing a Broncos jersey in there. They, they earned it. Listen, three and five. Every yeah, congrats year. on three and five that you get to break a 16-year streak. Like, mm-hmm. listen, it, it, it takes a lot to get the year. You know, it's you put in a lot of hard losing effort to get to that point to where you can How many other teams have done that? How many other fan bases can claim that they brought a 16-game losing streak to one team? How many teams can claim that they've had a 16-game win streak? Oh. Thank you for explaining it, Kent. You nailed it. <laughs> right on brand. My toast game for this week uh, I'm going to split it between Trent McDuffie, who was phenomenal yet again this week. Made a couple of really awesome plays uh, against the run. Was a really good blitzer. Just showed up all over the place yet again. Good for Trent. I uh, really is a blue chip player here. And Justin Reed. Listen, Justin Reed gave up a big pass to Jerry Judy on a play that he defended pretty well. Jerry just beat him, boxed him out, beat him to the point. But that block like- field goal turn the tide for a minute like that that was the thing that made it feel like oh this is coming this is gonna happen timed the snap perfectly gets back there gets the block I mean uh, awesome job by him like uh, you know he's still putting it out there every single game and I feel like he's improving every single week so toast to those two guys that toast game was brought to you by Ben Holiday Bald and Bond Bourbon it's absolutely delight, uh, delightful uh, sipping on the soft red wheat. Hey, what the heck? I had one. The good health? Hey, Tucker. Is it a flu joke? Is, no. Okay. Tucker, what is, what is your toast game, please? Thank you, Matthew. You're my best friend here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Craig. Uh, my toast. I'm sorry, Kit. No, I'm not sorry. No. no. My, my toast goes to the Kansas City Chiefs team, but with this loss, this does drop them to the number one seed in the AFC. So, mm. uh, yeah. 
So hopefully they bounce back from that, uh, but they're still the number one seed after this loss. Do you guys think we're going to do Chiefs of this tomorrow or no? Um, No, probably not. I don't think it's going to be, but... Defense played well enough. Trap game. Let's get a little further into the season before we start doing Chiefs to this. This is a bad loss, though. It is how a rewatch goes. Let me see how a rewatch goes. Yeah, it, it might wind up being who can the Chiefs trade for at offensivus. Offensivus. <laughs> it's just us reading literally every single wide receiver currently under contract. Like, what would you give up for? <laughs> just pull off white pages. Thornton. All right. Well, uh, yeah, this was. Uh, I yeah, I don't, I don't want to think about this game ever again. But we will be back on Monday to break down all things Chiefs Broncos. That sucked. It really sucked. But we will continue to talk about it, getting you ready for the Chiefs heading to Germany to take on the Miami Dolphins and Tyreek Hill. That is going to do it for the KCSN postgame show. Thank you all so much for listening, watching, and raging with us. We'll catch you later. Number one seed. Woo!